chapter 39, is sort of the follow-up to Hezekiah's sickness and uh, recovery. 39 verses 1 to 4. At that time, Merodach, Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. And Hezekiah was pleased and showed them all his treasure, uh, treasure house, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious oil and his whole ar armory and all that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say and from where have they come to you? And Hezekiah said, They have come to me from a far country, from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasuries that I have not shown them. Okay, so Merodach Baladan, the king of Babylon. Babylon is not the nation it will be. But Babylon is an ancient nation and a long-term perennial power. Babylon had, during this time, constant struggles with Assyria. Sometimes Assyria dominated Babylon, sometimes Babylon broke free. But Babylon, here in uh, chapter 39, verse 1, the king of Babylon has heard about Hezekiah's sickness and recovery. So what does Merodach Baladan do? Sends a bouquet? <laughs> yeah, he sends a bouquet along with a couple other things. <clears throat> what else does he send? Letters. Well, I think about that one a little while. He sends letters and a present and evidently sends also what? Yeah, apparently he sends some people. <laughs> Some messengers, uh, the best we can tell. And, um, well, you know, this is an opportunity that for a little country like Judah doesn't come along every day of the week. Uh, you've got uh, <coughs> the king of Babylon who sends some messengers with presents and letters to you. What do you suppose those were in those letters? Yeah, I wonder if this wasn't some sort of a diplomatic thing. After all, these countries are always trying to form alliances and strategize and all that kind of stuff. Come on in, and you, we're just starting this second session, so you can come get seats wherever you can find them. Um, so, yeah, they're always trying to strategize with Isaiah 39. Uh, and I suspect there's some kind of a concealed agenda, maybe for Hezekiah to line up with Babylon against Assyria. That's my guess. Well, anyhow, Hezekiah is pleased, and what does he do? Gives him the tour. Yeah, not just the tour. I mean, that might just be showing the historical sites or something. What does he show? Everything. All he has. You know, all his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his whole armory, and all that was found in his treasuries. What does that remind you of? What does that sound like? 
Queen of Sheba, maybe? I don't know. Maybe he's trying to show what he can offer? Yeah, I wonder about that. Here's what I'd have to contribute to the alliance. You know, here's who I am. Here's my greatness. Kind of reminds me, you know, what if what if one kid comes to the house of another little kid, and the little kid wants to show him all his stuff, you know, rake out all his toys and display it, you know, to try to impress the other little kid. Now, what would you suppose that these Babylonian emissaries are thinking about all the stuff Hezekiah is showing off? Or <laughs> yeah. And maybe, I don't know for sure, but I wonder if they aren't thinking. Yeah, oh, yeah you're excited about that. <laughs> no. I mean, this is Babylon. You know, I wonder if it doesn't seem like, you know, Hezekiah is pretty impressed with an awful little. You know, I don't know about that. Um, what could Hezekiah have shown them? temple? After all, they've come because of he'd been sick. He'd gotten well. What could they have shown? What could Hezekiah have told them about? The Lord. The Lord? Absolutely. He could have told them about the greatness of God. He could have shown them the glory of the Lord and given the credit to God. What do we show the world? You know, I mean, don't you ever feel kind of like you want to, to show people who you are? You don't want people to think of you as just being ignorant and poor and incompetent and unaccomplished and unsuccessful. So what do you try to show off? your sophistication, your accomplishments, uh, etc. I think that's a, that's a temptation for us. Now, what if we do show off our intellectual accomplishments, our personality, you know, our, our car, you know, what if we show off those things? Who gets the credit? We do. If we show people the Lord, it glorifies Him. At the very least, Hezekiah missed a wonderful opportunity. He tried to impress. And you know, there's nothing like flattery as the Babylonians were showing Hezekiah to sort of, uh, you know, cause us to be inflated with our own pride and to do foolish things. You know, when somebody more important than you are, you think, pays attention to you. That's a very dangerous moment. Because it's awfully easy for us to try figure out some way to try to sort of impress this important person who's noticed us. If we're the Lord's people, we don't really care who notices what. 
Because we're not concerned about our own greatness anyhow. We're only concerned about the Lord. And uh, Hezekiah says, uh, what did these men say? Where did they come to you? Oh, they came from a far country, from Babylon. What have they seen in your house? They've seen all that's in my house. There's nothing among my treasuries that I've not shown. How about some questions on those first four verses? Lisa. I think so. I think the sundial went backwards probably before I, uh, Hezekiah got well as a sign that he would get well. And this is after his recovery. So would this be the reason they're snooping around because of the sundial? I, and maybe just because he got well. You know, they heard about his terrible sickness and then he got well. And I'm guessing this is just an excuse to try to make the alliance with him. Try to show him some attention and see if they can get another little country on their side. That's my guess. Bert? Yeah, I was just thinking that, you know, they're trying to say, you get in alliance with us, because the guy could kind of turn it around and say, you guys really need to be with us on the Lord's turn, because the Lord is the one who brings victory. Yes. Good point. If, if we're with the Lord, what do we need with an alliance with some country, anyhow? Other thoughts? Yes, Steve. I think it's even necessary to be careful as Christians, because I think sometimes we can try to impress other Christians with how much knowledge we have in the Bible or uh, how spiritual we are. I think there are people out there who visit that who's very sad. Or even with things that are stupider than that, like who we know, you know, what we've done, you know, I don't know, I mean, sometimes we can get pretty crass with some of that stuff. You know, well, I've preached in so many places and I've baptized so many people and I'm, you know, who cares? <laughs> you know, if you've ever done any good at all in your life, it's the Lord. Give the credit to Him and forget yourself. But I think Hezekiah is... Uh, is acting in a, in a way that's improper here, and we'll see that in the next section. Is there any idea what the time frame is? We don't know the length of his sickness, if this was right away. I almost get the impression maybe a little later on, but no way to know. No way we need to know. <clears throat> what? Yes, David. I wonder if maybe Hezekiah kind of knew that what he was doing wasn't quite proper. Because when Isaiah comes to him, I mean, you know, the Israelites weren't supposed to make treaties with countries that were close, but with countries that were far, they were kind of committed in a sense. And so when Isaiah comes to him, he says, oh, well, a far country came, Babylon. And so he's almost justifying his actions immediately. I hadn't thought about that. Interesting take. Yeah. Other thoughts? Okay, five to eight. Isaiah tells Hezekiah what? 
Everything, everything you showed them is going to Babylon. If you love Babylon so much, you'll be happy to know that all your stuff's going to go there. They, they, all this did was just sort of whet their appetite. Now they want it for themselves. So it'll all be carried to Babylon. Nothing will be left. Kind of corresponds to verse 4. There's nothing I didn't show them. Well, there's nothing they won't take to Babylon with them. And even sons that you've begotten and so forth, they'll end up being Babylonian officials. Now it's amazing in this historical context that Isaiah would say it's Babylon that's going to take you over. Because in this historical context, who would everybody think would be the superpower you'd have to fear? Assyria. How does he know it's Babylon? That's the word of the Lord. That's not something you would have figured out. I mean, you know, I don't know exactly who we fear today. But but if it's uh, if it's an Asian superpower, I suspect, you know, most of us probably uh, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't fear, I don't know, wouldn't fear India. Might fear China. You know, as the next power. But probably not India. But what if somebody says, well, you're going to, pretty one of these days, all your stuff's going to go to India. The India, the people from India are going to take over. If I say India, it's okay. We come <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's kind of like that. He's saying, you'll go to Babylon. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be your sons that'll be taken away. What does Hezekiah say back? What's his response to this? Sounds good to me. <laughs> well, why, why is he so happy? Yeah, won't be my days. I don't know what do you think about that. Say it again. Arrogant self-focused. Yeah, arrogant self-focused. I agree. I mean, look back at thirty-eight-three. What was his reaction when he found out he personally was going to die? He weeps bitterly. Now when he finds out some terrible tragedies are going to occur in the days of his descendants, oh well, it'll be peace in my days. I don't know, that doesn't seem like a very good reaction to me. And uh, I don't, at, at the very least, I think you could say it's unfortunate that Hezekiah didn't do better with the 15 remaining years. Comments and questions? I think it's our attitude towards the environment. You know, it's not going to affect us. It's going to affect our kids. So it doesn't matter to us how we treat it. Yeah. Then? I don't really understand. Like, I mean, in chapter 38, he talks about you know, teaching his children, but he is concerned about like, the next generation of people. But then it's like, it's so wild now. It's just really bizarre. Like, I mean, my kid's attitude here is opposite almost from just a chapter before. Good point. Don't we sometimes contradict ourselves? <laughs> Nate? It's, it's hard for me to think of that, at least there will be peace and truth in my days, um, that statement. I mean, it's not like they're going to be carried off the Babylon because of Hezekiah showing them the treasures. You know, it's not going to be because of his sins that Babylon conquers. And I've, I've wondered if, if he's at least realizing though 
God has been patient with Judah, they're still going, they're still going to pay for their sins. Um, yeah, uh, you're certainly right about that, although I think it might not be inappropriate to see this as this is a factor. Now, the primary factor would probably be the sins of Manasseh from 2 Kings 24. But I wouldn't discount the fact that this is another factor leading toward the downfall of uh, Judah. You know, 39, this is a horrible 
Stay there. Nothing will be left. It'll all go to battle. Is it hopeless? Is it over? Well, no. There's, there's a future post-battle. And that's what chapters 40 and following are primarily looking forward to. Now that future post-battle that we're going to be reading about, chapters 40 to 66, is twofold. Some of it deals with they're going to be brought back from captivity by the decree of Cyrus and they're going to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple and all of that. But much of the hope that they look forward to is being brought back from a much worse captivity than Babylon, from the captivity of sin as they're brought back to the Lord under the greater Messiah than Cyrus, the Messiah Jesus. And so much of what we're going to look at goes beyond just their coming back from Babylonian captivity and refers to their spiritual deliverance that the Lord will bring about. There is little, in my judgment, deeper or more profound in the Old Testament than, than the things we're going to be reading starting in Isaiah chapter 40. This is a tremendous passage. I do think we know Isaiah 40 fairly well. But in, in my experience, you know, we haven't studied a great deal some of the other chapters. 53 we know and things like that, but wow, there's just a lot here. And so I'm excited about being able to share uh, these things together as we, we look at this.